Great stuff. Brilliant. Okay. Fantastic. In a moment, we're going to be looking at John chapter 1. We started in John chapter 1 last week. Uh, Dan brought us that great that sense of that prologue, that first chunk of John's gospel. Almost a sense of, this is like a trailer of the rest of the book. This is the kind of, look, we're whistling through everything right now. This is the big picture of what's going to happen. So I suppose today we're going to dive into scene one of the, uh, of the story itself. Before that, I uh, just want to tell you, we, like, we quite like watching detective stories sometimes. Mystery programs, murder mystery, detective dramas, only the best. Death in Paradise. Anything involving Hercule Poirot, absolutely. Um, we, did, we did watch Vigil the other, on BBC One. There was a lot that was good about Vigil. I, we enjoyed it. I keep getting told there's loads of story holes and plot things that just don't work and it's just rubbish. So, so I'm, I'm fighting to maintain the sense of I actually quite enjoyed it. Anyway, all of those different programs, you've got this sense of suspense, this sense of kind of something's happened, maybe, that, maybe someone's died, someone's been killed, maybe something's been stolen, the police get called in, the detective gets called in, we start to look around and usually, particularly in Death in Paradise, everyone who possibly could have done it is in this tiny little group, for a start. And at some point during it, we'll think, it's definitely them. No, 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 it's definitely them. No, 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 actually, forget that, it's definitely them. And then we'll work out in the end, either it was all of them, or it was the first guy or the last guy, anyway. But you're kept in suspense all the way through. All the way through, we're just kind of twists and turns all the way through, except one, as far as I'm aware. Anyone with a shout out for Columbo? No one. No one. Oh, right, that, this story's gone. Yes, come on. Detect, Lieutenant Columbo, an American detective, but in a Lieutenant Columbo program, Every Sunday on five, thank you very much. <laughs> Come on. But the thing, with the, the thing with the Columbo mystery, it's not a mystery. First scene, what do you get? You get the murderer committing the murder, and you see it all. And, but then, of course, we follow Lieutenant Columbo and working out how he works out who the murderer is. But we see everything right from the beginning. I'm going to tell you the book of John's a bit like that. We're going to see it from the beginning. In this first scene, we're going to dive into the story. And like in Columbo, we're left in no doubt, right here from the outset, who's the person to watch? Who's the starring character? He's not the murderer. That's not the point. Who's the starring character? Who is this all about? You see, the narrative, as we're going to dive into it, actually begins focusing on a guy called John the Baptist, and what he was up to. And it also involves some religious leaders. It involves some other guys, a guy called Andrew, another guy we don't get to know the name of. 
Then Simon Peter, Andrew's brother, Philip, Nathaniel, all these guys are involved in here. But we are left in no doubt. And as we focus on John the Baptist, he leaves us in absolutely no doubt. That the star isn't him or one of those other guys mentioned. He's not, we're not building up some suspense here, thinking, oh, John seems like a good guy. Maybe it's him or something. Not building up any suspense, not waiting to throw in a twist, but right here, right at the outset. Who is it? It's this guy. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. In some ways, John the Baptist is a bit like, you might be driving along the road, and maybe you're on your way back to Sheffield, and you see the sign, Sheffield, it's this way. Sheffield is this way. Now, and if that signpost could talk, bear with me, if that signpost was thinking and could talk and say, he knows full well, I'm not Sheffield. I'm just a big piece of metal stood out in the countryside somewhere. I'm not what you're looking for, but actually, do you know what? It's my job, it's my delight, it's, my, it's everything I'm designed to do is to point you to Sheffield. Well, to be fair, John the Baptist is just like that. Thank you very much once again to Ian Cheaton, who made the signpost. Served us well at Going Bananas, and now it's serving us well again. John the Baptist is just like... I'm standing behind you. That's not a good idea. You can go there. There we are. John the Baptist is just like a great big signpost saying, you know what? I'm not Jesus. I'm not the one. But look, go that way. Go to him. He's the one. He's the one. Just, just go to him. In one sense, the signpost is saying, forget about me. Just look at me long enough to know which way you're going. Go to him, go to him, he's the one. That is what we'll see is what John the Baptist is doing here. And what does that look like? We're going we're gonna to read, we're going to work our way through John chapter 1 from verse 19 through to the end. And we'll see, in a sense, this first scene of the story is actually four scenes, right back to back. But what does this look like? John pointing people to Jesus. John's a signpost pointing to Jesus. And we see it here. What does it look like? We're going to dive into John chapter 1, and verse 19 to 28. Now, this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely. I'm not the Messiah. They asked him then, who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, well, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? So John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Now the Pharisees who've been sent questioned him, why then do you baptize if you're not the Messiah? nor Elijah, nor the prophet. I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. And this all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John 
was baptizing. And as we look at this, the first thing we see about John as a signpost is it's a great humility and sense, it is not about me. You see, John here responding to priests and Levites sent from Jerusalem. Obviously, the religious leaders in Jerusalem had seen, well, there's this guy out in the desert. He's teaching, he's gathering a crowd, he's baptizing people. What's going on? We better find out about this. What's it all about? So they ask him, who are you? Are you the Messiah? No. Are you Elijah? No. Are you the prophet? No. Well, who are you? And we see as John answers, there's a sense, he's saying, do you know what? Me, I'm nobody. I'm, I'm a voice. It's a huge reference to Isaiah 40. He's, he's drawing in great prophetic strain of what, this is coming. Look, look, who, look, what, look what's coming after me. Look what's coming. But in one sense, he's saying, no, I'm not, don't worry about who I am. Are you the Messiah? No, I'm not the Messiah. Are you Elijah? No, no, stop asking about me. What am I? I'm a voice calling in the desert, make straight the way for the Lord. Forget about who I am. Don't waste time trying to work that out. Focus on what I'm saying, who I'm pointing to. Focus on what Isaiah was pointing to when he said this. He's coming. The king is coming. The one we've been waiting for is coming. Who am I? I'm a sign pointing to him. Everything he says is kind of relative to Jesus. I am not the Messiah. I'm a voice crying, make straight the way for the Lord. Yes, okay, I baptize with water, but you know what? One is coming who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. It's all because of him. It's all to do with him. It's all to do with Jesus who is coming. Who are you? John's identity. It's wrapped up. It's consumed with with Jesus. It's all about him. I'm here because of him. I'm coming before him. I am not him, but he is coming. It's not about me. It's all about him. And for us as believers in Christ, as as for us here today who are born again and know him, our identity is in him. In one sense, this is what we're designed to be, signposts to Jesus. It's pouring out of us. This is who I'm with. Who am I? I'm with him. I'm with Jesus. I'm for him. Let's carry on in the story. Verse 29. We see the scene moves on. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, 
The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. We see as John continues, he's not only clear it's not about me, but also it's all about him. He's pointing to Jesus. You see, as the religious leaders ask him about himself, he doesn't want to talk about himself, but he clearly wants to talk about Jesus. He certainly wants to talk about him. It's not just, no, don't focus on me, but positively, look to him. Look at him. Look at this guy. He's the one. What incredible things John says that we can't dig into massively today. He's the one who surpasses me because he precedes me. He's the one on whom I saw the Spirit descend like a dove and remain on him. This is who Jesus is. You ask me, am I the Messiah? No, but you know what? He is. You ask me, why do I baptize with water? Well, it's because of this, so that he might be revealed. The one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit, that he might be revealed, that he might be shown to you, that you might see him. It's him. It's him. And so wonderfully, what's John's declaration? He sees Jesus. Who is this? Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is John's declaration. He points us to who Jesus is. John's focus in the desert was to call people to repentance and say, Look, here's the one who deals with our sin. Here's the one who, who is our rescuer. He's the one who is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's the one, if you could be saying it more, that is going to be the one who will go to the cross and will die in our place and will rise. You see, we could note at this point, as John declares it, Jesus doesn't come as some kind of Jurgen Klopp stroke Pep Guardiola type figure. Or perhaps to use a different, take it away from the world of football, a Simon Cowell type judge on X Factor or Britain's Got Talent or something like that, ready to sit and look and go, who are the brightest and the best? Who are the ones who meet my standard? Who are the ones who meet the grade? And I can just kind of round up all these wonderful people and say, Aren't they amazing? No, Jesus is the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. Jesus is the one, the Lamb of God, who comes to a broken people, a rebellious people, a people, all of us, who are in need of a saviour. This is who John is pointing to. This is who John is saying, look, here he is. He's the one you need. He's the one who can give you everything you need, but you need to come to him. This is Jesus. Here he is. This is the reason I came baptizing. He's stepping out in faith so that he might be revealed. So it's not just for John. No, it's not about me, but it is also. It's all about him. John's pointing to Jesus. Let's carry on. John 1.35, 
the scene moves on again. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning round, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon's Peter's brother, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. You see, the third thing we see about John pointing to Jesus is a kind of an acceptance and an understanding. It's not about my following. It's not about my glory. It's not about who's with me. It's all about people going to him. We start this section, John's followers go to him. John cries out again, look, the Lamb of God. And Andrew and this other guy, we don't know who it is, head off. And you might think, whoa, 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 Andrew, hold on a moment. You're with me. We're together. You're following me, aren't you? We're telling people about Jesus. You're with me. But John knows. There's an acceptance, an understanding, a sense, no, they've got to go to him. That's the whole point of what I'm doing. That's the whole point of everything I'm saying is that people will come to Jesus. And so Andrew and this other disciple go off and follow him. The implicit recognition here for John is my, or my popularity or my following. It's not important, not for my glory, not for my status, but only for his, only for Jesus. What a lesson for us. It's God's people in evangelism. As we talk to our friends, as we, as we, maybe as we preach from a stage, maybe in any way we're, we're living our lives, what are we wanting to do? Are we always pointing to Jesus? Is that who we're leading people to? Also in church life, how easy could it twist to, oh, we want to build a great big family for city church, to be, to have a great reputation and to be the, this place that everyone thinks, oh, stuff's really happening there. That's really good, isn't it? Now, in one sense, if that's to the glory of God, if that's to God's glory, we can divert that there. But actually, if it's ever for our glory, that our, wow, aren't they amazing? Haven't they got great preaching? Maybe we're not saying that. Haven't they, haven't they got amazing worship? Aren't people coming and that's what they want to do? This can never be what it's about. Or even, actually, as we've seen over the years in different ways, actually people call to go elsewhere. People call to go to different places. No, no, we want you to stay. This is about us building a great family. Aren't we part of the family? Aren't, isn't this what we're all about? Aren't we here? No. It's about God's calling on their life. It's about, it's about them following Jesus where they're called to be. 
It's about God getting the glory, about Jesus getting all the glory. And it can never be about us. Well, the top line can't be us and our reputation and us looking good. As we see from John, he's not important. Jesus is the one who's important. Like John, what are we here for? To worship God and to help people see that it's Jesus who is the one they need. It's Jesus who's the one who deserves all the glory and all the focus. You see, actually, if our focus drifts to us, the temptation is to change or to dumb down or to soften the message so that people will like it a bit better and like us a bit better as a result. Well, John certainly doesn't do that. John's crying it out in the desert. He's the one. You need him. He's, he's the one who comes to deal with your sin. It's not... His message is, is and always is here. Repent. Humble yourselves. The Holy One is here. Jesus is here. Jesus has come and he is calling you to repentance. You see, the truth is we have a glorious message, but it's not an easy one. It's a hard one in many ways. The truth is that we are all sinners, and the wages of sin is death. The truth is a humbling message. We need someone else. We can't do it ourselves. We're not, we're not the great, amazing person that Simon Cowell or Pep Guardiola is about to come in and recognize our amazing talents Actually, we're all, we're all sinners who need the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so the message that John's bringing is this. The Saviour's come. Jesus has come. Surrender to him. Repent. Turn from your sin. Turn from the fact that actually you've been going in the completely opposite direction to him. Which I'll call my way. We could be saying sin. We could be saying anything. Rebellion against God. We've been going in the complete opposite direction. But Jesus has come and he's come to take away the sin of the world. You need him. We need him. There is forgiveness here. There is joy. There is life. There is everything. But we need to come and repent. We need to come and say, accept the fact you're right, Jesus. I was wrong. So it's not... It's a glorious, wonderful, good news message, but it's not easy. And not everyone will like it. It's humbling. It hits against our pride. It, it hits against the sense of, actually, I'm all right, aren't I? No, we're not. We need him. We all need him. But it's so tempting to dilute the message so that people will like us more. But the truth of the word of God challenges society. It doesn't agree with so much of what society would say was right. So thirdly, I'd encourage us in following John in saying, I have to point to him. It has to be his truth. It has to be Jesus. It has to be him. It's all about him. Not about me being liked, but about him being glorified. I'm with him. As we see in this story... It's such a wonderful thing that John points people in the direction, look, there's the Lamb of God. Helping people see what you see. I know Jesus. I want you to know him too. 
John cries it out, he's the Lamb of God. Andrew, another say, okay, we're following. Then Andrew goes and finds his brother. Bring Simon, Peter. Later on, we're going to see Philip brings Nathaniel. Bring others with you. Pointing to Jesus like John did. Let's read the last section. Verse 43. The scene moves on again. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me, Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. We see as we come to this final, final scene of the four, the focus finally comes in more closely on Jesus himself. John has pointed and pointed, it's not about me, it's all about him. Go to him, he's the one pointed the way for Andrew and for others. Now we focus on Jesus, and rightly, it's different. Jesus isn't pointing elsewhere. Jesus isn't pointing onwards to another, but, at, but rather saying, come and see. Come and follow me. Come to me. And gently, as we, and, but significantly, in these verses, as we see, he shows his power and his authority. He shows that he is the one to be followed. He says to Simon, very quietly but significantly, yeah, you're Simon, son of John, but now you'll be Cephas. Peter gives him a, gives him a new name. Cha in a sense, changes his identity. He says, no, I have the authority to do this. And with Nathaniel, we see... So wonderfully, Nathaniel coming with his kind of doubts about Nazareth, and then can anything good come from Nazareth? And then he sees, sees Jesus, and Jesus tells him, I, told, I saw you, I know you, I saw you. Very simple, but very profound. And Nathaniel's eyes are open to see, you're right, you're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. John has pointed and pointed, and here he is. This is Jesus. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one that we've been looking for throughout time and eternity. This is God come to earth. It's different here because, not like John pointing the way, Jesus is the King of Israel. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the all-surpassing one. Jesus is the pre-existent one. Jesus is the one who comes baptizing with the Spirit. He is the chosen one. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world.
as we've looked at John and seen where he's pointed, as we look at Jesus, there is nothing else to do but come. Come to him. Come and see. Come and follow. Come and repent. Come and kneel at his feet. Come and see and understand what John is pointing towards. See and realize he is the one. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the rescuer. He is the saviour that we need. Come and recognise this is Jesus, the Son of God. Like Alex and Vivian have just demonstrated, have just shown, have just declared in baptism, I've died to my old way of life. I've died to my sin, my, my way of going in my direction. No, I'm alive in him. I'm following him. I'm with Jesus. I'm with him. The invitation today is come and know him. Come and know him. John, like a huge great motorway sign, pointed to him. Andrew, he brought his brother. Philip persuaded his friend. My cry today, I want to do the same. Come to Jesus. Come and know him. He is the saviour. He is the one. He is the king. He is the son of God. Become flesh. The lamb of God who has come to die on a cross to take away the sins of the world. That we might all know him. If we will come, like Andrew did, like Simon Peter did, like Philip did, like Nathaniel did, come and see, come and see. And since I started this saying, there's no build-up, there's no, there's no kind of twists or turns in this sense, there's no suspense, this is revealed right from the start, he's the one. So in the same way, if I could encourage you today, if you don't know him, there's no, there's no suspense, no waiting, there's no need to. You can come to him now. You can come to him today. And for all of us, let's lift our eyes and see again. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him. He's the king and he reigns. I'm going to pray.